On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Welcome to Monday's Experts, one of my favourite segments of the week. And it's an opportunity where we not only get to have a chat to our participants across New South Wales, but we also get to find a little bit about the story behind the name. And looking forward to my guest, we saw him in fine form at the weekend's races in Sydney, of course. So Kira McAvoy, a name we've seen in our form guides for a long, long time. Well, let's delve into Kieran's career and have a discussion about how it all began and where it's all going to go. Kieran, welcome to Monday's Experts. Hey, Dave. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good to have a yarn to you. Um, obviously, a bit different, uh, this one. We usually get you on. We talk about, you know, how you're going to be riding for the weekend, what you're going to be riding. Um, obviously, you've got Af Cabin in a Stradbroke, but just touching on Saturday, mate, um, I mean, to get to five uh, winners there, um, exceptional riding, and it just must do you the world of good and confidence. Yeah, it's um, really pleasing. It's... Um those special days when you can head to the track. I mean, it's good when you can head to the track and get a, get any winner or get get a winner. So it was um, it was pretty special to be able to rack a few up in in uh, succession. And um, yeah, obviously it's just, it's the same in, at any level. You you know it helps your confidence and and um, um, you know it it, um, it puts a bounce in your step. That's for sure. And um, you know at any any stage of your career, you're always looking to. Well, I am anyway. Always looking to to stay on top of things and improve and, and, and get better. And um, and, and hopefully uh, the weekend can just spur me along into the, the rest of the, well, you know, what's left of the season. Kieran, um, how did it all begin? Obviously born 28th of October, 1980. Um, the boy from Streaky Bay was, was what, what's your first memory of a horse? Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to uh, grow up in the bush and in uh, over there in Streaky Bay. And um, I grew up into a, a family uh, that was heavily involved in the racing. So uh, my first memory of a horse would have been uh, riding probably one of my my, my old pops horses. Um, he used to train a few. He was a jockey first, and then um, he always had about six or seven or eight in work. And um, I remember as a young kid sitting bareback on uh, on on one of his old race horses. I would have been probably you know two or three. And um, I think there was a story there. The, the, the old, old pop used to have them looking so good in the coat and glowing and shiny that um, uh, little old me slipped off the side of one when, when I was uh, walking up and down the, the driveway there at Nanam Pop's place and um, <laughs> that was my first tumble. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was uh, you know, love at first sight for myself and, and horses and um, obviously then progressed into into racing but I was always um, quite a keen observer of um, probably things that um, my pop was doing, and and my, my dad, he was a uh, he was a, a bush jockey um, who, who rode for my for my pop, who was my mum's father, and um, so you know I was always up at the stables as a kid. And in Streaky Bay, we lived on a little street called Centenary Road, and we lived down the bottom of the hill, and and Nan and pop's um, house and stables were at the top of the hill, and um, I was forever burning up and down the hill on the bike, and. Um, you know, up at the stables and and, um, and and having fun, and you know, I was doing odd jobs all the time. And you know, as a young kid, um, had a couple of little ponies as well. And um, yeah, it all progressed from there. What about the progression? So, were you any good at school? It wasn't too bad. Um, I only I, I was that keen on racing that um, 
when we started hitting algebra and whatnot in maths, the, the old uh, attention span yeah. um, disintegrated. But um, no, I was I was a, I did okay at school and and um, uh, was was I wasn't an A grade student, but I was I was enjoying it. Um, but I, I was I was uh, in a little, little small primary school there in Streaky Bay, and plenty of sports involved, and um, you know footy, cricket, basketball, tennis, golf, um, the lot. So it was a it was a pretty uh, active childhood. And so, obviously, going through school, you said the algebra comes along. You go, oh, leave me out of this. <laughs> the, the progression to to become an apprentice or work in the stables. How, how was it for you back then, mate? So, did you see? So obviously, sit down with your family and go, right, this is what I, the career I want to I'll go to. And then, obviously, where did you get your first job? Yeah, it was no, never any doubt that I was going to be a jockey. I think um, didn't even have that discussion with mum and dad. I think they just knew, given the the fact that it was. Uh, with horses 24/7, when I, when I wasn't doing any other sports, so um, yeah, it was it was uh, you know progressed to um, the ponies to doing a bit of show jumping on them, and then started following around and cantering around uh, behind Pop and Dad on on the on the pony, following the uh, following the race horses, and then started riding race horses when I was about 12. And um, at the time, Tony McAvoy was uh, the head foreman there for. Colin Hayes, David Hayes, and, and then um, uh, later on Peter Hayes. And as a kid, I was I was lucky enough to um, once I started riding racehorses, I'd head over to Lindsay Park at Angerston there, and 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 that was where I'd, I'd um, spend my time during the school holidays. So I started doing that probably when I was in about year eight, I reckon, or year, yeah. And then um, that was um, a great part of my my. My, um, my my early years was you know going over there and you know went from riding one or two old slow nags at pops to, to sitting on some, some yeah. good stock and riding different horses all the, all the long and you know um, I remember that time Gary Clark was there riding work Peter Hutchinson um, you know Joey Bowditch was there Paul Gatt um, and and you know great fun times riding work at what was um, you know an amazing establishment there that um, Colin Hayes had. Had, um, had built all himself. It was, um, you know, he was he was light years ahead of his time, ESAs, and um, uh, learnt so much in those early days. So it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was really enjoyable and 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 learnt a lot. I, I had my my, my trials done. Uh, must have been in about '96. Um, I, I'd done all my trials in Adelaide, and at the time when I got my license, I, I went back to. Because I was indentured to my pop, who was his name was Bill Holland, and I went back and 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 done six months riding around the bush tracks. So, first winner at Sejuna, I rode at Streaky Bay, uh, the hometown, which they only have one meeting a year. I rode at places like Kimber and Port Augusta, Port Lincoln, um, and and done six months of, uh, of of riding around there, and and then um, you know probably rushed the town a little bit quick. But at the time, Paul Gatt and Joe Bowditch were were indentured to. Uh, to, to to David Hayes and, and Peter Hayes and and they were flying at the time and my pop and my dad thought that it was probably good just to step outside the square a little bit so um, my pop was good mates with Ted Cameron who was Russell Cameron's um, father and um, so I, I joined up with Russell Cameron who was at um, Morfittville and, um, and and went on loan to Russell and that's where I met uh, my good mate Stevie Arnold who's who's one of the best and um, yeah became close mates with him and that was that was great to like I said step outside the square and you know I was only a young kid still quite raw and um and heading to, to Morfittville there and um yeah spent some time with Russell and Judy and 
and um, and and that's where I where I where I kicked off my my uh, my you know my my city based career. Do you remember your first Metro winner? Um, yeah, it was actually it was in a in a thousand metre race on the good old Vic Park course, so down the straight and. Um, Russell uh, Russell had a, a little filly, a little mare then called Bright Gleam, and um, she was. I think she might have won one or two in town already. Anyway, she was a little speedster, and um, Russell had set her up for this day. And, and um, I think it might have been a smallish field, only ten or twelve. And I remember I jumped, and obviously being a straight track, and Russell was quite a keen track walker back then, and and and, and a, he was a good punter back in the day as well. So he uh, instructed me to go to the inside and. I remember as we left the gates, I uh, I steered over to the inside and I was the only one get, went to the inside. Everyone else went out, and I remember taking a big gulp after a bit of furlong and thought, right, it's now or never. And um, anyway, we got the job done, and and yeah, that was the first city winner. We're chatting with Kieran McAvoy this morning on Monday's Experts. Uh, Kieran, uh, life's travelling pretty good there over in SA, and things are happening. Tell us about um, that first opportunity you got. Your first ever Group One opportunity was two thousand. You won the Melbourne Cup from on Brew. How did that all come about? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'd um, teamed up with with the Hay Stable in Melbourne, and, and um, probably got to Melbourne a little bit green, and and, and took a long time to settle in. And uh, the first part of the first part of my my, my apprenticeship there was was uh, was hard toil, and then, then I got going as I hit sort of claiming one and a half. I started to get a bit of momentum, and I started to do a bit of track work for the Moroni Stable, and. Um, Mike was putting me on a few winners here and there, and I had a, had a good manager at the time, and he got me going. Anyway, I'd, I'd, I'd ridden a good number of winners for the stable, and, and um, fast forward to 2000, I'd already ridden Brew in a race victory, I think at Mooney Valley it was, and um, yeah, so I was I was uh, I was there on uh, Derby Day, and obviously he won the Saab or whatever it was called then, the the, uh, the 2500 metre race to get into the cup. And um, Chrissy Munts had already had a ride on the on the in, in the race. He was on Coco Cabana. Um, Brett Preble couldn't make the weight, I think, and it come down to myself and Michael Walker. And sure enough, Mike, um, me, me having one on the horse already, Mike was um, good enough to persuade the owners to put me on him in the Melbourne Cup, and um, that was my first uh, first first Group One winner. And um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be one that I'll never forget. It was it was a it was a funny funny build up because I went to the barrier draw and then. All excited, and then we drew barrier 24, and, and I walked out pretty deflated. But um, as it turned out, I was able to, to secure a good passage and yeah, win my first Melbourne Cup. It was, uh, it was it was a real dream come true, and just really helped propel me into um, you know life as a senior jockey. It certainly did, because I mean that uh, that was your first one. Then next year in 2001, you got the Blue Diamond. You won the JJ Atkins or the TJ Smith back then, the George Main, yep. the Emirates. Yep. So you started to sort of get a bit of a roll on, and then every year. You were picking up um, uh, Group Ones. What was the, you know, obviously it's, it was a it must be a culmination of all that hard work, and there must be so much emotion that maybe we don't see uh, in the cameras or in the press. But behind closed doors, I mean that that win in the Melbourne Cup is pretty much uh, you know the, the the peak right then and there of everything that you tried to achieve or you dreamt about probably as a kid growing up. Oh, exactly. You know, it was, it was a, as a kid, you, you know, I used to sit down in the lounge room and wag school and and watch Melbourne Cups from from day dot, and and um, you know, to be involved and to think that I was able to achieve it so early in my career, and just to achieve it at all, you know, it's it's um, such a special feeling, and you know, pretty lucky. Um, don't get me wrong, um, pretty pretty 
pretty lucky to have been able to give in those opportunities and I'm glad that I've you know been able to um you know work and work 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 hard as a jockey to 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 get given those opportunities so it's pretty it's it's pretty darn good feeling to to have been able to you know say you've achieved at a real high level and um and and you know been been good at something that you really really love doing um is 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 riding horses so it's um it's it's pretty pleasurable to be able to to be able to look back and and say that you've 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 um you've won some some big races at the top level we're chatting with Kieran McAvoy. Kieran, um, life's going pretty good here in Australia. You're riding Group 1 winners. You're getting opportunities. How did you team up with one of the biggest world uh, powerhouse in racing, Godolphin? How did that all come about? Yeah, well, that was um, right place, right time sort of scenario. It was 2000 and, uh, 2002, and um, there was a day at Caulfield. It was Caulfield Guineas Day, I think it was, and it was actually sponsored by the Dubai Racing Club anyway. I had four winners on the day, and the leading jockey that day got a trip to Dubai and uh, over and back. Anyway, that was in, I think, September of 2002. And later on that spring carnival in Melbourne, got off and were bringing horses out here. Uh, and one of them, a horse called Beekeeper, had a light weight. Anyway, my name must have bobbed up, having won, won the day that the, the, the Shakes um, Racing Club sponsored. Um, so they, uh, they, they, they threw me on Beekeeper. So, you know, I was I was 22 at the time, or coming up 22, and to be riding in the famous Royal Blue Silks was was pretty darn exciting. It was, um, you know, you've you, you seen Frankie Dettori flashing about, um, showboating and carrying on winning winning in the Royal Blue. It was, it was very exciting. Anyway, the horse went on and ran a really good fifth in the Caulfield Cup, and um, he, he had the similar weight in the Melbourne Cup, so they put me on board again in the Melbourne Cup. We ran third the media puzzle, and... After the event, I said to Simon Crisford, who was their racing manager at the time, Simon, I've got this trip to Dubai. Can I come out and, and catch up and you know maybe ride a bit of track work? And anyway, I did that the next uh, Dubai Carnival, which was January 2003. Anyway, ended up I took my race gear just in case. Ended up staying for a couple of months, Dave, and, and wow. won a few races and um, and and you know in the Royal Blue at the Dubai uh, World Cup Carnival and. Um, it was it was unreal, and then you know I, I came back to Australia once the carnival finished, and and bugging me dead, they they offered me to go back again for the next carnival. So I jumped at it. I went back for uh, 2003's carnival, and same thing. Had a bit of luck. Rode rode a heap of winners. I was lucky that the Sheikh Mohammed had so many horses in training there that he was able to you know throw plenty of winners my way, and and also um, keep Frankie happy with with a few winners and. Um, you know, it was it was it was unreal. It was so exciting to be to be over there when Dubai was was really getting going. It was uh, it was it was a special time. And um, after I'd, I'd done so well the 2003 carnival, they offered me to come to England for the flat season of 2004. And um, it was uh, you know it was it was I just jumped to the chance. It was you know second jockey to Frankie Dettori, the world's um, the you know, arguably the world's best rider. And um, you know it was it was. Unbelievable to look back at now. It was like I said, just right place, right time, and I sort of fitted their mould and, and and what they were asking me to 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 be a part of. I was I was um, I was in good form, and 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 you know, I was I was I was happy to um, to to be going to the smaller meetings over there in the UK, and um, you know just learned so much. You know it was it was really exciting. It was um, it was it was it was it was unbelievable to be a part of it, and and um, you know look back on those five seasons that I did over in the UK with with really fond memories. It was um, a great learning experience and 
made um, some great friends and, um, you know, I was able to throw my leg over some really nice horses as well and, you know, to do it for, for, for the huge operation of um, Godolphin and Sheikh Mohammed, it was a dream come true. Where do you think, or what do you think in your time over there was the best horse you ever rode? Um, I, I've got two that I sort of can't split and you know, they're two two very good horses and, um and and the, the, the Dibawi was one, and, and Shamadal was another one. They both ended up um, they were in the size, same three yeah. three year olds in the same year, and ended up yeah being being fantastic size. So two horses that I'm I'm, I'm pretty pretty proud to say that I've been able to, to been able to win on because they were they were they were very good horses. We're chatting with Kieran McAvoy this morning. Kieran, you then come back to Australia, and obviously you're riding continuing. Uh, for Darling, you win uh, a number of Group 1s uh, when you return over here. Horses like uh, Denman, Sepoy, Helmet. I mean, these are horses we, we see now in the uh, in the breeding um, catalogues when they come out every year. Your Guelphs, etc. Do you ever look down and go, geez, I'm, uh, we've covered a lot of ground here because... You, you see, you know these horses that you know you're riding their grandsons, their sons. And you must, <laughs> yeah. you know. It, I, I even get old. Time, I feel old sometimes looking at form guides, going, "Geez, I was. I remember that race, and I remember where I was, <laughs> and what's going on here." And... Yeah, no, definitely. It's. It, I always sometimes if I've got a race off at the races there, I'll sit there and then you know race books up here. Obviously, you've got a, you know the the past winners, and it'll you'll go through the years, and you know you see you might see your name bob up in. 2005 or six or seven or eight, when, you know, 2008 was when I first moved back to Sydney and, and based myself here and uh, with, with, the, with, with, with my wife Kathy and family. So yeah, you, you know, we've covered a lot of a lot of territory, that's for sure. And um, um, that was, you know, a, a, great, a great learning experience as well to, to to be to be brought back home. And um, you know, Sydney was very foreign to me at the time, and and it it uh, it took 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 us a long time to settle in. It took me a long time to get my head around. Um, what was what was uh, involved here in Sydney, and um, you know there were there were a few errors made early in the stint, and uh, I was getting suspended a lot just through through careless riding and and whatnot, and it it, it took a good 18 months or two years to settle right into the, the scene here in Sydney, but um, yeah, it, it was it was fantastic to to be able to team up with Peter Snowden and and Paul Snowden was in Melbourne based down there, and you know a huge operation with. Um, Obviously, Sheikh Mohammed buying the the Ian Bloodstock uh, Empire it was um, there was there was horses left, right, and centre, and and as you said, there was there was uh, there was an abundance of top quality ones that were able to, to win some lovely races along the way. It was it was a dream come true, dream come true. Yeah, and, and Kieran, I want to ask about just on that because obviously you have ridden in all over the world and obviously in different jurisdictions here in Australia. But when you say Sydney takes a little bit of time to get used to, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, I suppose. And looking back now, I was I was um, was I want to come back 27, and uh, I hadn't done a lot of riding in Sydney, and um, it it just took a little bit to settle into the Australian way of riding again. You know, I'd done five seasons over there in the UK, and um, at, at, you know, you're riding different tracks, different horses, different training styles, so the horses ride a lot differently. So it just took me a while to settle back into riding Australian trained horses. You know, in 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 an, in an Australian environment and on, on an Australian track, so um, it, it was a you know a whole different learning curve and and um, yeah the the this uh, the the settling in period was um, was 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 what was required and um, you know it was there was plenty of headaches at the time but I was able to to keep battling on and, and grit the teeth and and um, you know come out the other end of it a better person and a better rider. 
And obviously back in 2014, um, you resigned as a, as a Godolphins Australian stable jockey, like 500 winners, multiple group one members. But that was another chapter then in your career where you're out there on your own and you were basically riding for for those good opportunities that would be thrown your way. Yeah, that was um, you know that was a bit daunting. It was you know been under the the uh, the blue banner for um, you know for for a good portion of you know seven or eight years, um, or even even yeah seven or eight years it is yeah. So it was it was um, yeah it was it was a it was a little bit nerve wracking. You know, it was back out into the, the wide wide world, and I was lucky enough to be able to get get rolling, and I had a good manager at the time, and and um, got plenty of support from from Chris Waller and and. Gay Waterhouse stable in those early days, and um, Chris Lee's I had some good winners for those stables, and that sort of just, I suppose, helped re- rejuvenate me and, and get me back out into the the, the, the public domain, so to speak. And um, I was able to to, to 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 keep things flowing and, and win some good races from from the get go. Uh, chatting with Kieran McAvoy this morning on Monday's Experts, Kieran, uh, life obviously rolls on as your career did, uh, even after the. Um, the Dali era because uh, Lucia Valentina popped uh, her head up. You won the Turnbull Stakes. You also then teamed up to win the Queen of the Turf the following season uh, with Gay Waterhouse. Crick Handy uh, was a Stradbroke winner for you. Turn me loose. So the winners started to continue and you pretty much you can see on your history books you go from all these uh, Peter Snowden and um, and obviously uh, other Godolphin trainers back into a number of different trainers from all over the place. So that's quite, you know, must be satisfying when you look back at the history books, jump forward to this race, the Everest. I want to ask you about this because you've ridden, obviously, at, on some of the biggest days in the world. What was that first Everest like that day? The, the build-up and the hype to it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a it was a pretty heavy build-up. I must admit, it was the, you know the, the first big money race um, and the first inaugural running of the Everest. It was uh, it was um, you know the, the pressure was on. It was uh, I was on Red Zell and. and I think he'd been beaten leading up to it in, in, in his previous run, but both um, you know, Peter and Paul were were adamant the horse was going well, and, and um, it rained on the day, and we all knew that Red Zell was was just a fantastic horse when he got his toe in the ground, and it was um, it, was, it was pretty surreal, yeah. To, to you know, I feel very blessed and privileged to have been able to team up with with the Snowdens and, and that horse Red Zell and, and Triple Crown. It was. Um, it was a day that I'll never forget. You know, it was it was uh, start of something big, and and you know to to think where the Everest has got to now, it's it's remarkable. And um, yeah, it's nice to be able to have um, knocked off a couple early on on on, on the same horse on Red Zell. It, um, it was it was special moments on the track, and you know the race has just taken all before it. It's um it's, it's gone to a new level, and it's 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 amazing what um you know the the model of racing we've got here now in in, in Sydney is fantastic. It certainly has, and obviously to win it with a horse like Red Zell and then a, a different style of horse within Classic Legend. Yeah, that's an, an, another um, another chapter as well. You know, Classic. I was I was lucky enough to get uh, legged legged onto him by uh, by Les and, and Carmel Size, who was working for for Les at the time, and um, she was she was uh, she was the one who who, who bought um, Classic and. Um, and, and Carmel had a pretty high opinion of him, as, as did Les. And, and um, yeah, what a star he was! It, um, you know, he, he, he was breathtaking that day, and, and um, sat back and, and had an unbelievable finish. And um, it's such a shame that we've we, we, we haven't been able to see um, a lot more of him. Um, 
he's obviously had a few injuries and and um, that, that's quite disappointing because he was he he could have actually been the best horse I've ever ridden um, and really? and um, yeah he, he was he was that good and just what, a shame that we haven't been able to see more of him you know what 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 defines it about him what what was it was his recovery was it what he he would yeah, do he, when you asked him or yeah he just he had a big motor and and um, you know, like all of those Group One winners do, you've got to have a big motor to win any any, any group level and a Group One especially. But he 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 um he covered the ground so well, and he 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 had the perfect attitude. You could park him wherever you wanted, and and he'd relax, and and then he he he'd just pair it away, waiting for you to press the button and, and ask him to go. And and when he did go, it was it was it was it was it was, it was breathtaking. When it, you know the feel he'd give you when he'd take off and accelerate was was unbelievable. And you know that day when he won the Everest, I peeled out and I was still seven or eight off them. And I knew they'd gone super quick, but at the same time, the way he let go, I, I knew I was the winner at the 300 metre mark, and, and I was still five lengths off them. So it was, it was, um, it was some feeling, a feeling that I, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah, chatting with Kieran McAvoy. Kieran, before we wrap it up, um, oh, just 70, 70 Group Ones now, winning that Durban Cup on on Weto the other week. What's the one race you haven't won that you'd love to win? Uh, the good old Cox Plate, yeah, that's uh, that's the last of the the um, the, the main ones. The Grand but, Slam, um, that's the Grand Slam. Grand Slam, Slam yeah, yeah, that's uh, I've run placed on that once, I think, once once uh, on Viscount. That was what right back in the day, um, squashing between Sunline and and um, and Northerly. But um, yeah, that's the one that um, eludes me, Dave. But um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few races like the VRC Derby. I think I ran fourth in that. Uh, sorry, I ran second in that four times. Um, I haven't won an AJC Derby. Um, there's 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 a lot of races that um, that I haven't been able to win, and you know the the, the drive's still there, the fire in the belly's still there, and you know I'm off to the the gym this afternoon. I had a bike ride this morning, off to the gym this afternoon, and and back into track work and trials tomorrow. So the fire in the belly's still there. You know it's um, it's about getting out there and competing. And sure, I'm in the you know the, the senior part of my career, but I'm I'm um, I feel like I've got more to offer, and, and especially at a high level. So. Um, that's the aim, Dave, and, and hopefully I can just kick kickboard off this and springboard off this into into a big weekend um, this weekend. It's funny enough, I think there's not many Group Ones left this season, obviously, and um, I'm yet to win one this season. I've I've, um, I've I've been a winner of a Group One race uh, every season since I won the Melbourne Cup, but um, I haven't yet won one this season. So I'll be I'll be striving hard to try and get that done this Saturday. Have you thought about life after racing? Interesting that because um, I, I, I haven't um, I haven't thought anything other than other than being a jockey for a long time. So yeah. no, I haven't. It, it'll be some. It'll be in, in the industry at some capacity. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, um, you, yeah. You, you'll, you'll, you're, you're not going to just wake up one day and go, you know what? I'm going to go and and do this different career. You're going to be around horses, and I presume your young ones um, have got they've got some very impeccable breeding when it comes to horse racing. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're doing lots of riding, so. Um, um, Kathy has, has done a great job with with them. My wife, she's got uh, they've, they've got some fantastic ponies, and yeah, the boys are showing a bit of an interest. Um, uh, Jake and Reese, uh, they they doing plenty of show jumping and and, and love uh, getting to the races and following Dad. And um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be it'll be something in some capacity in the industry. Or I um, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But it's um, it's, it's, a, it's a long way away. It's hopefully a long way away, but yeah, it's just something you can you got to plan for because it's um, you know it um, it's only probably around the corner. But you just got to got to enjoy what you're doing at the time. And like I said, I still love riding horses and competing at a high level, and um, that's that's the aim at the moment. 
what about just on, on a funny side of things? Where's the most craziest place you've ever ridden? Just the one where you, place. the craziest place. I mean, we had uh, I had the king on this uh, program uh, a couple of moons ago, Noel Callow. He was yep. suggesting to me that uh, India is the craziest place that he's ever ridden um, in race riding. What about yourself? Have you been to any exotic locations uh, and I jumped went, on a horse? Probably one that comes to mind, springs to mind, would be I rode in um, Riyadh a couple of times, and um, that was obviously in Saudi Arabia and. Um, I went over there with with Frankie Dettori a couple of times, and and um, <laughs> you know how over there when when if someone got um, kidnapped or whatnot, you'd see them um, on, on you might see them on the TV, and they've got those bright orange, yes, um, yes. bright orange, uh, what do you call them? overalls? Overalls, you, yes. Anyway, so Dettori, we were over there, and we, he was winding me up all the way over. Anyway, we get off the plane, and and it was a it was a we were lucky enough to be flying a a, a a small plane over there. We get off the plane, and the security was there, and and we walk up the security and obviously getting scanned and whatnot. And there's blokes there with machine guns and rifles left, right and centre. And uh, Dottori goes, now I'm, an, I'm a small and he's an extra small. And he points at me and I knew what he was talking about. And um, so the, 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 the senses, were, senses were heightened to that, uh, that trip over because we, we stayed out close to the track. I can't remember where the track was, but it's somewhere outside of Riyadh. And we were riding for the royal family, but we stayed in this dodgiest little motel. And um, <laughs> you'd walk down; it was it was it was like uh, the Bangkok Hilton. It was it was it was this big big wide big wide hallway with with no one in sight. They had rooms. The hallway would have been 100 metres long, and there was rooms left and right, but there was just no one there. And I remember walking down to my room, and and um, the Tory was also winding me up, saying, "There's no there's no alcohol over there, no beers, nothing." Anyway, we get to our rooms. We had separate rooms, and he must have been about four or five uh, rooms down. And next minute, my phone rings. And um, anyway, I answer it, and he, he said, check your fridge. So I looked in the fridge, and, and there was what I thought was a beer. I said, there's beer in there. He goes, it's non-alcoholic, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, my, my next question was, who's the one, that's, uh, who's the one jockey that you've uh, dealt with that's just, uh, just the clown, the class clown, king of the kids? Is it Frankie? Yeah, Frankie for sure. Um, there's a few. Um, Frank, Frankie was was uh, he, he's pretty loud in the jocks room um, over there back in the day. But uh, Mark Zara is quite funny. He, he gets up and about uh, down in Melbourne. Um, you would have you probably you, could, you know who I'm going to say next up here in Sydney because it's Reggie Bayless. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he, he's louder than one of those Neil Payne shirts or suits that he wears to the races, Reggie. <laughs> but um, uh, he, he's good fun. Uh, there's a lot of banter with with the jocks. It's uh, a good young crew there at the moment. And yeah, and many a laugh. And, and what about that young crew coming through? I mean, you see uh, the likes of what we have now at the moment. Um, but I mean, that must give you. Well, uh, on a personal level, it probably gives you a good kick along because you ride five on Saturday and you can walk in and go, well, hang on, boys, you know, you're not the king yet. But <laughs> you can also um, see these young blokes coming through and, I mean, you were them one day. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, it's, we've got a, a really deep pool of jockeys. Um, you know, right across the board, there's, there's good young riders, um, you know, in, in, in each main city now. You know, there's young kids up in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Um, it's... Um, it's 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 just stock full of talent, you know. And he, Corey Brown's in there um, teaching these young guys here in Sydney, and and um, you know helping them get to that next level. And they're, they're just progressing so quickly, and, and and getting to a really high level early in their careers. You know, you've got Dylan Gibbons, um, uh, you know, you've got Reese Jones, uh, Tyler Schiller, 
just to name a few, you know, there's, there's um, just an abundance of, of great talent, and um, you know they've they've gotten a foothold in, on on uh, on the industry, and and they're, they're, they're performing really well. So it's um, it just keeps you on your toes, Dave. It's um, you know it's the reason why I'm I'm heading to the gym this afternoon. You've just got to you got to keep cracking along because you've got these whippersnappers, um, you know, they're, they're biting at your heels and, and and trying to outdo you. So you've just got to get get ready get ready to perform. Pleasure talking to you, mate. Um, good luck on the weekend with AF Cabin. Congratulations as well on getting that uh, five-timer there at Rose Hill on Saturday. And let's see how it unfolds, mate. Um, there still might be that group one this season. That's hope so. Good to chat to you, Dave. Thank Cheers, you. mate. Kira McAvoy, our Monday's expert guest on this Monday.